It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time. It is a Friday. I'm glad you made it. Weekend. We're just going to roll right through it here. Actually, not bad weather-wise. Considering, well, considering the weekend we had last weekend, that storm system pretty much, pretty much just kept everybody home. Whole different story now. And we'll talk to Don Day about that and weather trends. That's going to be an interesting conversation I'll have with Don Day. Uh, later on this morning, 745, because he does a daily uh, YouTube video where he shows everything that he talks about in the weather. And this will have a lot to do with the whole cult of climate change thing. We go through a drought period, and a lot of reservoirs are really low. And immediately you start to hear from certain people who don't think other than what's in front of their They see something in front of their face, and that's as far as they go with their thinking. And they don't take a look at longer-term trends and so on. And on his morning video, Don Day shows a graph of times when reservoirs in the West, even California reservoirs that are really low right now, he shows when they've been really high, even flooding their banks, and when they've been extraordinarily low. And when you look at the graph, you see a trend and currently, we're coming out of the drought trend back to the wet trend. Back and forth it goes. Long-term trends need to be considered. Something the cult of climate change never did. On that note, I got a couple of stories that I came across this morning. They're on the Wake Up Wyoming site, so you can go ahead and look at them. Miss Mary will alert them out at some point, too. But you can use your app and go ahead and take a look at these stories while I talk about them. So there's a couple of news stories I came across, unfortunately, from one news organization, from one in particular, that just, I, I, I've liked these people for quite a while, but they wrote a couple of stories that were just lame, and let's say call them studies, that don't think it all the way through. So I'm going to take a look at that coming up next. Meantime, well, before I even get started... Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So the first story I'm going to go ahead and take a look at is a lame study from, and again, I hate the fact that I'm picking on these people because I've liked them as a news organization up until now. They're called Center Square. Now, for those people who look for alternate news organizations that you just sick and tired of the bias of left-leaning news organizations, right-leaning, you know, you look at right away, you think of Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and New York Times and so on and so on. There's loads and loads of news organizations out there, lots of them, but they're small. 
they don't have the following of the majors, okay? But there are some out there that do some really good stories. They're actually very thorough and good reads, but you got to know where they are, and most people don't even know that they exist, and that's the problem. But they are out there, and they're worth reading. And I go through a lot of single, a lot of those sites every single day. In fact, I spend much of my time avoiding the major so-called news sites, as far as I'm concerned, don't really even cover news anymore. This one, however, just recently, I oh, Lord, really, guys? I'm going to have to send them a note. You're starting to disappoint me. They're called Center Square. And they cover the country. Okay, Up until now, they've just done straight news. All right, first story that they screwed up. So they went looking around at what they would call the poorest cities in each state. So, of course, I'm going to look at Wyoming, right? What's the poorest city in Wyoming? Now, to define what they're looking at, they're not just talking about, like, you take a little place like Hannah, Wyoming. Morning, Hannah. They're a tiny area. KC. Very small. They're not looking at that. A population of 25,000 and above. All right, fine. So which in Wyoming from 25,000 and above would you consider to be the poorest? And they say Laramie, Wyoming. Really? Okay. Here's what they write. Among the poorest places in Wyoming with available data and populations of at least 25,000, Laramie ranks as the poorest. Typical Laramie household earns about $47,463 a year compared to statewide median household income about $65,000 a year. Okay, then and they sort of stop there. Well, hang on. First off, earning about 47000 some a year is not poor. All right. Uh, unless you've got a lot of people in your household and that's all you're bringing in, that's not really considered all that poor. And what they're not considering, first off, is what does it cost to live in Laramie? But then they also don't consider, hey, Laramie's a college town. There's a lot of college kids there that can be considered residents because while they're in college, they are there most of the year. And they may not be making very much money at all. But in most cases, they have family backing them up. They're a college kid. They're out on their own for the first time. It's their first apartment. They grabbed a part-time job at a restaurant or some retail job or something like that to earn a little bit of extra money when they're not in class. That's all they're making. Would that be considered poor? Well, considering that they probably got a loan or something and mom and dad are helping out, they have plenty of money. They're doing okay. But that's not what poor is. Let's define what they mean by poor. You also have to consider, I know people, personally know people, who make about like 400 some thousand dollars a year. Sounds impressive, right? Until you take a look at where they live. The cost of living is so incredibly high where they live, they're barely making it. If they move somewhere else with that 400 some thousand dollars a year, they would be very well off. Interesting how that works, huh? When you start considering other data. And at no time when they did this story for Center Square did anybody, they just looked at some data that came in uh, from the last census. That's all they did, looked at a couple of numbers. Well, so what's the average income? What's it cost to buy a home? That was it. That's about all they did. 
the person who's doing this so-called research never went to Laramie. Never talked to anybody from Laramie. You would think if they want to do a decent study, they would pick up the phone at least and maybe call someone from City Hall. Something to actually get a look at what Laramie is like. Not just take a look at a couple of numbers and go ahead and say, Laramie, Wyoming is the poorest city. Now, any of you who know Laramie, because I know I'm talking to a lot of people from Wyoming, any of you who know Laramie know it is not Again, we're looking at twenty-five, a population of 25,000 and up, right? It is not by any means a poor city at all, and it is not Wyoming's poorest. Right? So take this as another, and I'll put this in air quotes, internet study, and I'll just throw it in the trash bin on my computer here and say, never mind. Because once again, here are people who only think they think to a certain point and they stop and they quit ask. They, they don't even know, I guess, to ask more questions or what questions they should be asking. So poor, huh? Laramie is poor? No, not at all. In fact, I would even say the college kids by comparison to other places, live rather well. So that's one of a couple of internet, we'll put them in air quotes, studies that I'm just throwing in the trash this morning. The next one from the same news organization accuses Wyoming essentially of gun smuggling. Oh, you're going to like this one. 616, Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to... And bottom of every hour, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six nineteen is the time to Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Uh, morning, Jim. Jim is in Casper's saying most college kids I've known are poor. That's part of being in college. But Laramie is not a poor city. Most people work for the state, and that's pretty lucrative, and that's true. Now, again, to define the terms here, they're saying any place that has a population of 25,000 and up, so which one is the poorest? Well, just because people are not earning as much money doesn't mean they're poor. Again, what it, you earn how much compared to how much it costs to live there. That's why I say I know people who earn a six-figure income, but they live in a place where that's not enough. So you got to take it. I, I could live, I could go to a place where I could earn a lot more money than I'm earning here in Wyoming. But the cost of living would be much higher. So am I doing better by going there? Now, as far as college kids, but that's where I'll go back to Jim and say, okay, so a college kid spends her time in class all day. And then when they're done, they go to a part-time job. And so you look at that income and think, well, they're poor. They're not making much money. Yet, they do have some student loan money, some of them. They're getting help from mom and dad. Okay. So that means they have every, they may not have much income, but that's okay because they're being taken care of. So you've got to include all of that. That's like taking a look at someone who's retired, and you can say, well, they're retired. Their income is zero. Right, but they're retired because they have enough money. They're not making any more money, but they're not poor. They have enough money. You've got to consider all of this, 
Most of all, though, I would like the guy who's writing that story to have actually gone to Laramie or at least pick up a damn phone and call someone in Laramie, like City Hall, whatever, and talk to someone who actually knows the town. Now, this next one blames Wyoming for gun smuggling. Well, I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. Done by the same news organization. They're trying to do some kind of a study and, again, just absolutely blows it. So here's what they write. In most of the country, gun control laws are lax. The resulting patchwork of regulations has helped create a thriving black market for gun trafficking. Each year, thousands of firearms that were purchased in states with virtually no gun control laws end up in the hands of criminals in states with tight firearm restrictions. According to a 2021 data from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, 41% of trace guns in Wyoming were sold by out-of-state retailers, the 10th largest share in the country. Firearms traced by the ATF typically have been used or suspected of used to commit crimes. Of all guns traced in Wyoming, uh, 5.2% came from Colorado, the largest out-of-state source, and then Montana after that, respectively. Okay, here's what they're not considering. In the article that I have, which you can take a look at all this data on the Wake Up Wyoming site, one of the things I love to point out, it's one of my favorite statistics to point out, let's take a look at New York City and cigarettes. New York City has the highest taxed and highest regulated cigarettes in the country, making them extraordinarily expensive and very difficult to get. Now, if you would like to buy cigarettes that have no taxes, no regulations, and are very inexpensive and extremely easy to get, go to New York City. Because the underground market is thriving. It's booming. In fact, if you went to New York City and take a look, they've got tough gun laws in New York City. And yet the underground gun market is booming. Go to Chicago, some of the toughest gun laws in the country. And yet the place is literally a war zone. So are all those regulations really helping? So if we just regulated more, that would end it? Well, hang on. Let's go to the U.K. The U.K. basically shut down private ownership of guns. It's pretty much impossible to privately own a gun in the U.K. They got them out of people's homes. Yet the murder rate went up, not down, and not because of guns. Because guns in the U.K. are extremely hard to come by. Now, people started stabbing each other. So the murder rate actually skyrocketed because of stabbings. Proving, once again, it has nothing to do with the weapon that the murderer uses. It has to do with the murderer wanting to murder. That's what you have to solve for. What tool they use means nothing. More people are beaten to death by blunt objects than shot with rifles. Right? More people are stabbed and killed and even just injured than shot. And then you go to the UK where now stabbing is the main way people like to murder each other because guns are hard to come by. So 
the idea that, well, if states like Wyoming just had tougher gun rules and regulations, then we wouldn't have all of this underground smuggling. Yes, you would. You would just send it more underground. Let's take a look at marijuana laws. All right, so you have some very strict marijuana laws around the country, which has done what to stop marijuana? Nothing. It's just moved it underground. That's all. Even states that try with, uh, again, pot and cigarettes and guns and et cetera, et cetera, they just try to raise taxes and regulations in the hopes of changing people's behavior. Well, behavior is changed. They just do it out of sight. That's all. So the idea that states like Wyoming, we are responsible for guns smuggling in the state of Wyoming. What they also don't take into consideration is a lot of the gun sales in Wyoming are just private sales, and it has nothing to do with guns going through the state to go to places where you know a lot of murder happens. Uh, if I were to sell a gun that I have to some friend of mine, that's a private sale. And most gun purchases around the state are exactly that. I know somebody, they want a gun, I have a gun, we sell to each other, it's a private purchase, government's not involved, it's no big deal, that's perfectly legal here. Okay? That doesn't mean that we're supplying the rest of the nation with guns. But once again, the guy who does this so-called research and study doesn't take a look at all of this because he doesn't know to take a look at all of this. He just thinks that, well, if these states didn't have lax gun laws... I assume the reporter in this case is somebody – it's not always true, but in many cases, it's somebody who's really young and inexperienced and doesn't know what questions to ask. I mean, I may have made the same mistake when I was 20 years old and done a study just like this. It wasn't until I started getting older and wiser and going, wait a minute, hang on a second now. I mean, it was later, not late in life, but later in life when I realized that all these rules and regulations and taxes on cigarettes wasn't doing a damn thing to stop the underground market. In fact, it fed the underground market. As a country, we should have learned this lesson during prohibition of alcohol. Because during those years, prohibition of alcohol just made a boom in the underground market. All over the country, people start making moonshine speakeasies popping up all over the place and the government spent loads of money trying to shut it down and all they did was push it further underground and anybody who wanted to buy alcohol and get drunk they were doing it didn't stop a damn thing it just pushed it underground so this idea that here again well all of this gun violence in states like new york and 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 Illinois and California. That's all the faults of states like Wyoming. No, it's not. The problem is the people in those states are, for whatever reason, very violent people who seem to want to kill each other. They're war I'm talking about states that are war zones. That's not our fault here in Wyoming. We didn't make them like that. Okay? We're not responsible for their culture over there. It, it's not our fault that they are the way they are that they want to kill each other. And if the guns were removed from the equation in those major cities and states, do you think it would really change anything? No, people would just figure out how to kill each other in another way. 
All right, coming up on 6.30s, we've got some local news coming your way. And right after local news update on your weather forecast, which actually doesn't, it's worth listening to this, but it really doesn't change. Remember, 7.45, I have a really interesting talk coming up with Don Day of Day Weather about trends of drought and wet. Times that we go through a lot of wet weather and times that we go through droughts. And there's a trend, there is a long-term ebb and flow to this. So for those people who scream, climate change, it comes and goes. There's a pattern to it. We'll talk about that with Don Day. Coming up at 745. It's Wake Up Wyoming. paper or the five o'clock news you need wake up wyoming with glenn woods mornings on k2 radio Six thirty-six to the time wake up wyoming i'm glenn woods thanks for joining me it is a friday glad you made it scotty's over in fort danger laws are like locks they only keep honest people honest. well true for those who just joined me, I was reading a story, which is just lame research, that shows, according to them, well, we'd have a lot less gun violence in America if it weren't for states like Wyoming that has lax gun laws because people are smuggling guns through Wyoming. And the answer is, no, that's not the problem at all, because those places that have the toughest gun restrictions in the country, really tight rules, regulations, and so on have an underground economy of guns where they just flow through Chicago, for example, New York, all of California, especially the major cities of California, really tough gun regulations. And yet the murder rate using guns is through the roof. It's not a weapons problem. It's a culture problem. And so, Scotty, you're right. Yeah. Go ahead and put a lock on a door. And that only keeps honest people. An honest person goes up, tries the door, sees the lock there. And, oh, it's locked. Okay, they don't want me in here. And walks away. Dishonest person just looks at the lock as a challenge. So, yeah, same thing when it comes to rules, regulations, laws of various kinds. An honest person says, oh, that's illegal and doesn't do it. But a dishonest person doesn't even care what the law is, oftentimes laughs at it, in fact, brags about breaking the law. That's illegal? Watch me. And they brag about breaking the law. There's your problem. Not that there's guns out there, that there's people like that out there. There's your cultural problem for you. Yeah, if only we had enough regulations. Give us a jury! I would love to comply, but uh, in the state of California, all of those firearms are illegal. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I did not mean to bring an illegal firearm into your home. I knew this thing was way too military. (laughs) Oh my God, I had no idea. As a California resident, I am super thankful you guys are only going to rob me with legal firearms. Illegal. Illegal. Hey, baby, is the Glock Gen 4 on the California roster? No. Illegal. It is so hard to be a law-abiding criminal in this state. Law-abiding criminal? I mean, everybody needs to be accepted. Really wanted to watch Netflix. Cool. 
Only you had enough rules out there. And, and oh, by the way, um, hey, remember now, we have, this is a new definition that you're supposed to go by. Everything that is a right is a product or a service provided by the government. For example, health care is a right. Therefore, government's supposed to give it to you for free. Right? That's what a right is? Sure. Okay. Therefore, you get free guns. Did you hear? The government is giving away free guns. Yes, free guns. Gun manufacturers around the nation will be mandated to give every citizen a free gun with ammunition. As you know, the U.S. Constitution states that you have a right to bear arms. And since we've been told that anything that is a right, like health care, is given to you by the government for free, then that must mean that soon you'll be able to pick up your free Free gun! And since free contraceptives are also a right, then that means you get free bullets, too! Yes, right now, the U.S. government is borrowing money from China and future generations and raising taxes on the mega-wealthy just to make sure that you get your free gun guaranteed under the Constitution. Because now, anything that's a right in this country is given to you for free. Healthcare's a right, and you have the right to bear Arm. It's your right. Yeah, just hit him with that next time someone gets into a conversation about guns. No, it's your right. I, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to get in line and get them for free from the government, along with ammunition. So, uh, yeah, if a right is a product or a service provided by the government, then um, I'm just looking for the line to get into. Oh, by the way, I wanted to go back and play this. We just got through Christmas time. I got my brother-in-law in Florida a authentic Red Rider BB gun. Just like the one you saw in the movie. You actually want a gun? Look here, Ralphie. This ain't Chicago or New York City. We actually have rules. And besides, you're in the mall, a retail store. You know this is a gun-free zone? We can't sell that here. Besides, you don't need a gun. Police? Yeah, just minutes away. The Red Rider BB gun carries about 100 BBs. You don't need that kind of capacity and firepower, Ralphie. Exactly what are you going to be up to here? Where'd you get the idea that having a gun would be a good idea? We need to send the police to come search your house. And with that firepower, you're going to shoot your neighbor's eye out. Or was that the plan, Ralphie? Somebody call Child Protective Services. Gonna have to have a little talk with your parents. Probably not gonna go home tonight, Ralphie. We'll find you someplace nice and safe to live. A quiet gun-free zone. You know, nobody ever attacks those places. You can have a nice tofu turkey for Christmas dinner. Does that sound good, Ralphie? I said, does that sound good, Ralphie? Something had happened. A fuse blew. And I had gone out of my skull. Since heard of people under extreme duress speaking in strange tongues, I became conscious that a steady torrent of obscenities and swearing of all kinds was pouring out of me as I screamed. This one's for the people who've ever felt the pain of stepping on a Lego. I know it hurts. Rough. It's gonna be 
Thursday. Not a doctor, but he's happy to take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. is the time off. We go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank, I'd asked you earlier this morning. So the game is not going to be replayed. They're moving on, right? The Buffalo-Cincinnati game, yes. So they're moving on. So this what what it means is that there are some teams in the playoffs which would be Buffalo and Kansas, Buffalo and Cincinnati, that have played 16 games in the regular season. Other teams in the playoffs will play of 17. So what they are proposing to do is that if Buffalo and Kansas City meet in the AFC Championship game, that'll be on a neutral site. If Buffalo, if Kansas City and Cincinnati play for the AFC Championship, that will be at a neutral site. So Kansas City, because they would have 17 games, and either and both of those and Buffalo and uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati would have 16 games, they're going to move that to a neutral site, possibly Los Angeles. There's also some scenarios in the wild card round, but you know, so Buffalo for their end of it, and and, and Cincinnati too, but especially Buffalo because they're gonna, they they have a potential to be like a number one seed. They would lose a, a home playoff game and potentially a home AFC Championship game because of this and you know usually they say that the home team is worth three points yeah in, in football games and especially in buffalo where it could you know could be they can play the game in two feet of snow they, they use they use that bad weather to, to their advantage right. so that's where that stands I'm kansas just, city is is, yeah. is 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 the one thing is that if they're in the game you know if they're in the afc championship game you know they they would have already they played they played seventeen games during the, during the regular season, you know they're they're, they're you know they're they're going to miss out on a potential, you know home game too. Yeah, you know uh, it is it is what it is. There's what do they okay. call that uh, competitive inequities? I'm just glad I'm not the guy who has to figure this out. Yeah, they're they're doing they're working on it. High school basketball, the Cheyenne tournament's rolling along today and yesterday's action. Riverton beat Cheyenne Central 63-58. Central beat Bear Creek, Colorado 61-44. Kelly Walsh over Sheridan 74-49. Larrabee down Green River 75-56. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 74-51. Douglas beat Natrona 62-54. And Evanston beat Cheyenne South 61-45. Today in boys play at that tournament, East and Bear Creek. Rock Springs will play in Natrona at 1.30 over at East. Douglas takes on Central at 7.30. Laramie plays Kelly Walsh at 7.30 at Story and Natrona at East at 7.30. Natrona, uh, Green River will travel to Cheyenne South. On the girls' side from the Cheyenne tournament yesterday, Sheridan beat Kelly Walsh 41-31. Laramie got by Green River 50-43. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 55-30. Cheyenne Central over Riverton 57-31. Douglas beat Natrona 63-48. And Evanston down Cheyenne South 48-37. Today in girls' play, Natrona and Rock Springs at 10.30 this morning at East. Then the Trona will turn around and play East at 6 p.m. Laramie and Kelly Walsh at 6 at the Story. Jim Douglas will be at Central. Green River will be at South. And that Cheyenne tournament runs through tomorrow. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls topped New Mexico in, Lar- in Laramie last night, 78-69 to to get to 9-5 and on the year and 2-1 and in Mountain West Conference play. The Cowgirls put together a 15-0 run in the first quarter. They were led, And they led this game by as many as 17. 
UW shot 50% from the floor. They were led by Malene Peterson and Grace Ellis with 19 each. Cowgirls will be at Air Force on Wednesday. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team with a big challenge tomorrow in Laramie hosting San Diego State. Aztecs are 11-3 on the year 2-0 in Mountain West Conference play, coming off yet another NCAA tournament appearance. Wyoming was in the NCAA tournament two last season, but it has been rough sledding for this group. They sit at 5-9 overall, 0-2 in league play, following a one-point loss to nationally rated New Mexico last weekend. As a 2 p.m. start tomorrow from the Arena Auditorium, we'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. And you will be out there again. You're out on the road again. I'm going to go to Douglas today yeah. for wrestling. Okay. Maybe Shoshone on Saturday for wrestling. Yeah, there you go. whole lot of wrestling going on. Yeah. Sweaty guys slamming each other down on mats. Boom. Boom. Slam. Pin. Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Or use your Wake Up Wyoming app. Hit chat. Send me a text. Six to time, wake up Wyoming. It is a Friday, and I'm glad you made it. Lots to talk about this morning. Open phones all the way. Some people only give you open phones on Fridays. I do it every day of the week, but Friday, except for a couple of guests that we have in the 8 o'clock hour, it's open phones the whole time, which means at any point you can interrupt me, change the subject. And a lot of people like to do this on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Download the app for free at your down store at your app store. Wake up Wyoming. Just download it. And there's a chat option. Hit chat and you can send me text messages. And I answer back. And people do that all morning long too. Warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. And also, just be careful for some out there who are members of the collectivist hive. I say that because I do meet people who are under the impression that Americans especially are all supposed to be part of this collectivist group and we're supposed to be told what to do and move all as a one unit together as an organized society, which has been proven time and time again is the worst possible way to run things for a whole list of reasons. The people who listen to this program and enjoy it day after day, we are free-range human beings. Not even 125 years ago, we didn't have to ask the government permission to collect rainwater, to hunt, to fish, to start a business, to own a property, to build a home, renovate our home, to use a vehicle, to get married, to own a firearm, to grow food on our property, or to sell food. Now, 
We can do virtually nothing without being extorted by the government and asking their permission first. If you still think we're free, you're deluding yourself. We're free range humans who live on a tax farm. That's about right. Yeah, I, I've been saying for a while we are a free-ish nation, no longer a free nation. Morning, John. John in Gillette, Wyoming. January is stalk the stalkers month. Oh, good. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Well, to, to let you know that you're you're a stalker, that you you care and you appreciate the fact that somebody out there loves you enough in in a very bizarre way to stalk you. Uh, go ahead and stalk them back for a while. It makes him feel appreciated. It really does. And it's about as creepy as it gets. Okay. I want to read something to you. There's a website for Wyoming ultra-liberals. I mean, this is real left, hardcore left Wyomingites, right? I never tell you the name of the website. If I did, then people would actually go there and read it. And I don't want people to go there and read it. Right now, when they, whenever they post an article, which is extraordinarily rare... Almost nobody reads it. I mean, they may get three or four clicks. That's about it. So I don't even know why they bother. I read it on the air because it's low-hanging fruit. It's a Friday. I'm relaxing and taking it easy. I'm basically phoning this show in, if you will. So that's why I'm picking up this article. Headline of this, Want to Slow Wyoming's Boom and Bust Cycle? Tax Jackson. Oh, Okay. So Wyoming goes through boom, bust, boom, bust, as you know, oil and coal and so on industry. I'll read directly from their article in just a moment here. But their answer that, well, then tax the rich. I'll pick on that in just a moment. There's a reason why that's a horrible idea on many levels. But hang on, here's what they say. Wyoming lawmakers love a good boom for the oil and gas and coal industries like the recent one we've had as a result of high gas prices. For one thing, a booming high-paying jobs will stick around in these industries for a bit longer. But mostly lawmakers love that they can continue to stake, uh, shake their fists at the prospect of higher taxes. Always a politically popular thing to do to hate higher taxes, you know. Even while they remain able to fund public services like education, health care, roads, also popular. That's because more than half of Wyoming's total state budget comes from taxing the fossil fuel industries. Let me pause. I'm going to own this. Not fossil fuels. Fuel does not come from fossils. You cannot get fuel from a fossil. Organic fuels, yes. All right. But for every boom, of course, they write, there's a bust. That's when we experience the flip side, mass layoffs, cuts to schools, health care funding, inability to hire slow, well, slow poke drive. Okay, they go on and on. Anyone who lives in Wyoming for any stretch of time is familiar with our boom bust. Most people are sick of them. Politicians have talked for decades about how to end Wyoming boom bust cycle. Sure, we need diversity in the economy, but we also need to diversify our tax structure. Growing new industries outside of the organic fuel, I'm correct in, also costs Wyoming a bit more money than it generates since we have no real way to tax non-organic fuel industries to support their development. Of course, average Wyoming residents are feeling the squeeze of inflation, property taxes. So uh, general revenue, raising taxes on the middle class is a political non-starter. Luckily, Wyoming has an ace in the hole. Here's where they get to it. A little old place called Teton County where some of the richest people in the world live. There, for instance, because Wyoming has no real estate 
transfer tax. A person who buys a cup of coffee for four gen, uh, for uh, four dollars generates more tax revenue than a tech tycoon who buys a forty million dollar mansion. That's not true. That's an exaggeration, but let's read on. According to a new report by the Institute for Taxation and Economic Policy, Wyoming has several options to generate tax revenue for uh, our ultra-wealthy residents. That's what they want to go after. Okay, A wealth tax for households earning more than $30 million. That's what they want to do. The nonprofit, nonpartisan group, baloney they are not, Describes several options for the legislators in these states, including Wyoming, to tax uh, generate tax revenue by closing loopholes, taxing non-labor investment income, and shoring up tax shelters for folks who park their money here but reside elsewhere. Uh, every dollar of revenue raised by the tax of Teton County Ultra Risk is one less dollar will depend on for a boom-bust industry. So you see where they're going with this, okay? So they want to tax the rich, tax the billionaires. First off, the biggest problem that I have with something like this is it's not their money. Here come these ultra-rich people. I know the, the millionaires and the billionaires. Look, as long as they earned it honestly, I don't have a problem with them. Anybody who can get that successful honestly by just doing honest business, good for them. Congratulations. And I don't look at them with any kind of envy or it really i don't i'd like to be more like that myself but because the money is there well that right away this group wants to get their hands on it well it's i got news for you you liberals it's not your money it's not the people's money it belongs to the folks who earned it now they would say well they're not going to spend all that they don't need all that not the point it's theirs. It belongs to them. Nobody else has a right to that money. It's That money is their property. Okay? You don't have the right to just go take it from them. Next thing is, why do these millionaires and billionaires come here to Wyoming in the first place? Because of lower taxes. That's why they moved here. Because the states they were living in were overtaxed and regulated, so they moved to a place that wasn't going to overtax them. Now, if we start, and you know this is going to be the case, if we start by, hey, let's tax the rich in Teton County, it doesn't take long before they're doing that to the rest of us. And for those who say, well, that's not true, hold on. The original federal income tax was supposed to be a temporary 1% tax on the richest people. It was just going to last for a little while while we went through a war. And then they were going to end it. Well, look at where the income tax is now. We're all paying it. So if they started by tax the rich in Teton County, what eventually is going to happen to the rest of us? Yeah, eventually we all pay this. But then the idea of, well, it's a wealth tax. You have above a certain amount of money, so we're going to take that from you. Once again, liberals with their redistribution of wealth. Rather than going out and earning more money themselves, they want to redistribute the wealth. The next problem is what they want to redistribute the wealth on. I have no problem. We do need police and fire and building roads and things like that. But when they say, well, we need to help with health care. No, we don't. 
Health care is not a right. Health care is your responsibility to yourself and your family. So get out there and get busy and make enough to take care of your health care. Other people should not be paying for your problems. I don't mind helping those people in need, but there's a difference between the way the government wants to do it and the way that your church and civic groups help people in need. A hand up as opposed to someone who's permanently dependent on you. But here again is this group. Their idea is, well, there's just a bunch of money sitting over there. So we're going to figure out how to get our hands on it. It's not yours. That's one of the biggest problems I see with liberals like this. They see something that doesn't belong to them. They envy. They want it for themselves. And so they come up with some excuse to take it. Well, all we have to do is just start taxing the rich. Let me see. Those mega wealthy people moved to Teton County. Why? Low taxes. If we raise the taxes, then what was the purpose of living here? And so they moved to somewhere else that has low taxes. So in other words, they're not going to hang around. Hang on. I got more on this. 718, Wake Up Wyoming. 97 Woods or Chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Seven twenty-three is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. So there's really, really ultra left liberal Wyoming website that hardly ever posts a article on their website, and nobody really reads it but me. I'm thinking because really no one knows that it exists. But I love reading the website though because it's just low hanging fruit for when I really want to do a morning show but not have to do any work. Okay, so. If you're just joining me, what they're suggesting is you want to end Wyoming's boom-bust, boom-bust cycle? Well, Wyoming needs to impose a wealth tax on Teton County. There's millionaires and billionaires over there. Now, number one, I pointed out just a moment ago, first off, it's not your money, liberals. It belongs to the people who earned it. As long as they earned it honestly, it's okay that they have it. And them being rich doesn't make other people poor. It doesn't work that way. Actually, having those millionaires and billionaires in Wyoming is a benefit. Property taxes, for example, if you want to tax them. But also, they do provide a lot of businesses to Wyoming because they're here. The fact that they are here, they do require a lot of services or or desire a lot of services. And so let them come. That's just fine by me. But the idea that, well, there's all that money just sitting there, and we could use that money. So let's go ahead and tax the, the rich. Well, why did those rich people leave other states like California? Because they were overtaxed. So they moved to some place where their money would be safe, which makes complete sense. So if we start to overtax them, where are they going to go? Someplace else where they can't be overtaxed. That just runs them out. But typical, though, someone on the far left, they see some money laying around, and right away, well, we got to get a hold of that money. No, you can't leave it in the hands of the people who own the money. They think in terms of collectivism. Well, I got news for you. We are not part of your collectivist hive. If somebody listening right now were to do really well and earn a bunch of money, that money belongs to them. It's not society's money. But, you know, we're just going to keep figuring out ways to tax everybody. Right, liberals? Sales tax for the alarm clock. Tax on the electric to run the alarm clock. Toilet paper tax. Tax on water. Air freshener tax. 
Lots of air freshener tax. Sales tax on toothpaste and soap and more water tax. Tax on coffee and water again. Sales tax on coffee cups, coffee maker, clothing tax, property tax, vehicle sales tax, gasoline tax, license and registration tax. Soon to come, mileage tax, income tax, banking taxes, investment taxes, sales tax on the computer and accessories, internet access fees. Soon to come, internet sales tax, food taxes. Yeah, we've covered this already. Office supply store to buy thumb tax tax phone taxes there's a list of those medical insurance taxes medicine taxes medical insurance taxes medicine taxes medical device taxes and now an obamacare gym membership tax bottled water tax pet food tax dog license tax veterinary tax death tax did we miss anything if we didn't don't worry we'll get to it government reminding you that we're just loaning you everything that you've earned because it's really ours not yours or your kids or grandkids we're taking what hasn't been earned yet too one of the, the i think the best bits that i did in years i was in gillette wyoming at the time and i went to various business owners and i said i have an idea for a little skit that i would like to play on air can i get a recording from you. Here's what I want you to say. And after these business owners heard what I wanted to them to record, they were more than happy to help. Hi, my name is Nicholas. I run a little local newspaper that I happen to own in a small town. I have to do it pretty much all by myself. I do have some employees that do a wonderful job, but advertising, sales, PR, reporting, photography, book work, sure, I would love to hire some people to help me. But government taxes, rules, regulation, they all get in the way. Make it impossible. Hi. Hi, my name is Chris. I sell and install flooring. I'm proud to say I own my own company. I should be on the floor right now selling to my customers, but instead I'm back here in this little hole I call my office, trying to catch up on paperwork. I was actually able to make a lot more money when I could run my company. Thanks, big government. Because of you, my life sucks more and more every day. All I want to do is replace my washing machine, but thanks to the EPA, my choices are limited to energy-efficient models that don't work worth a damn. Thanks, big government. My life didn't suck enough. Yeah, okay, so there's that. But then there's also one that I'm really proud of, which I did quite a few years ago called, I think it's probably about a decade old now, called Taxpayer's Revenge. It's a what-if story that we all wish were true. What if taxpayers actually took it back? Hello? It's your roommate. Uh, yeah, funny. I don't have a roommate. Hi. Where are you going? You can't just barge in here. Why not? We share this apartment. We what? Well, the government might have given you this place, but I'm the one paying for it. You are? Uh, yeah. How do you figure that? Ma'am, allow me to introduce myself. I'm a taxpayer. You... You are? Wow. I've heard of you people, but I don't think I've ever met one before. Oh, no, ma'am. We're just a small percentage of the population, but we pay most of the taxes. So you're the one paying for all this stuff? Yes, ma'am. I pay for your house, your food. Electricity, my cell phone, my car, my gas. That's why I'm here. I, I still don't understand. Well, you see, I pay so much in taxes, I can't afford any of this stuff myself. They've given it all to you. So I guess we're just going to have to share. Well, but... I... Look, where are the car keys? <laughs> oh, no. I just bought that car. Oh, no, ma'am. We bought that car. And I have to get to work so we can keep paying for all of this. Oh, right. Uh, over there on the counter. 
See you at dinner. Oh, and since I'm paying for all this, I'm taking the master bedroom. 729. Wake up, Wyoming. With the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app, this is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. Next story I have up for you from Cowboy State Daily. The Wyoming legislators will be meeting pretty soon, and already all sorts of bills are going to be offered up. As is always the case, when bills are offered up, most of them never make. Especially when it's a budget session, most bills die before they even get. They'll get out of committee, maybe or something like that, but they never get heard because there's limited time, which is what I would like to see all government do at every level, even the federal level, have part-time legislators who hardly ever meet. Well, then that's the less garbage that actually gets through. Okay, This one is going to be tried again. I don't consider it to be garbage, but we'll see if it gets through. So there's a bill to stop crossover voting that will be reintroduced in the state of Wyoming. Choice says one of the most fiercely debated issues in recent Wyoming politics is going to make a return to the legislative body this year, an issue Wyoming residents want to address crossover voting. That's when, for example, Democrats, not just Democrats, because uh, independents, libertarians, et cetera, et cetera, will switch over to the Republican Party, vote in the primary, and then go back to their own party. And as far as they're concerned, it's okay to do that because in some places, only Republicans are on the ballot. And they, their answer is, well, that's when the real election happens. Well, that's not the Republicans' fault. The primaries are when each party selects their candidate for the general. And if the Libertarians and the Constitution Party and the Democrats fail to show up, that's not the Republicans' fault. Also, you got to show up with actual viable candidates, right? Quote, I believe we need to answer the people and have a conversation about crossover voting, said one representative, Harrelson. It's something that comes up every conversation I have at a town hall or public forum. So, okay, uh, it explains in the story what I just explained about what crossover voting is and claims Gordon benefited from it. Well, let me, let me answer that. That's part of the story here. When Governor Gordon first ran for office, there were a lot of people running for governor at the same time. And oftentimes people say that, well, you know, you got a lot of money, you can win. No, there were two billionaires running in the state of Wyoming for governor, and they both lost. Now, the Democrats, especially in Wyoming, were afraid of Foster Freeze, a billionaire, actually becoming governor. And so there was a push by the Democrats, crossover vote during the primaries, vote for Gordon. And uh, quite a few Democrats did do that. And a lot of Republicans say, well, that's why Gordon won. Uh, it happened, but not enough people crossed over to have made a difference. In other words, if those Democrats had never crossed over, Gordon would have still won it. Okay. The reason why is just the... A number of people running for office split the vote in so many ways that the largest percentage by one person was Gordon, but not because a bunch of Democrats crossed over, although it still happens. All right. I would still love to see some kind of bill 
pass. I don't know how exactly to do it. One of the suggestions is if you want a crossover vote, we're going to be voting in November. But you have to crossover vote like in January. Anytime after January, you can't. So you can't crossover vote at the last. That way you don't even know who's running. Then you cannot crossover vote at the last minute and come back like so many people do. They show up, they change parties, they vote, they change back, they go home. Somehow or other, there's got to be a way to fix that. And again, to the Republican, well, to the Democrat Party, the Constitution Party, and the Libertarian Party, if you're complaining, and I say this every single election cycle, if you're complaining, well, you know, all these Republicans running, no one from our party is running, what are we supposed to do? We'll find some people to run and find some good people to run that can actually win. And I say that mostly... To the Democrats out there, you actually have to run people that can win. Because currently, you're not. Whenever the Democrat Party puts up candidates, their last candidate for governor, for example, and House of Representatives, uh, their candidate for senator, the people that they put up, they're not going to win anything in this state. They're just too extreme, too bizarre. Put up people who can actually win. See if you can get them. And then maybe you might have a chance. As I love pointing out, we had Governor Friedenthal, a Democrat, who was a two-term governor. But he was not this hardcore leftist extremist, which is why he won for two terms. So this can actually be done if these parties actually start to figure out how to run in the state of Wyoming. If there's a way to end crossover voting in the state, I would love to see it. Let's see. Deplorable Deb in Casper. The bill we really need is SF-51. Fairness in women's sports. Oh, that's the one where, yeah, uh, girls for girls sports, boys for boys sports, and keep the locker rooms separate, too. 742 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. So, real quick, Don. It seems to me like for the next, let's say, ten days or so, winter will be like that annoying kid who keeps going poke, 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 but never really commits. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very average uh, in in the sense that we don't have any big swings in temperature. We're going to be close to seasonal averages with the snow cover we have on the ground, especially in central Wyoming. That kind of throttles temperatures back a bit. At the same time, we don't have anything looming large. We don't have a large snowstorm situation like we did over New Year's weekend. We we don't see an Arctic outbreak like we had before Christmas. Uh, we're just going to kind of go through the motions. We We have to basically wait seven, ten days or so for the pattern that's out in the Pacific, which is going to be very persistent, to finally see that pattern change. And once it does, our weather will change. But until then, we're kind of stuck in the same forecast for a while. Okay. Now, speaking of that, when we get just to the west of us, boy, they're still getting a lot of rain and snow out there. And does that let up anytime soon for them? It comes. It's coming in waves. It's letting up a bit today. And, and the leftovers of that California storm is what's going to come through Wyoming today, producing some snow in the south and the west and over the mountains. Um, but there's spacing of about 24 to 48 hours between these. So right now the west coast doesn't have much going on. But 
there's another one just off the coast that'll hit northern and central California tomorrow, then all of California by Sunday. The leftovers of that will come through Wyoming Monday and Tuesday. Then by the middle of next week, another California storm comes. We see at least three more large California storms over the next eight days. And this is making a big difference because I was watching your video cast that you do on YouTube for Cowboy State Daily, and you showed a graph there of long-term trends as we go through periods of just wet years and then periods of extreme dry and then back to wet again. And it looks like over the – we have our four seasons, but you're talking about a longer-term cycle here, right? Well, yeah, and and the thing is what is not really well understood – by many, we're, we're working on this to, to get people educated, is is that in the Western United States, from, from California and into the Rockies, we go through these wet and dry cycles, and they're driven by what goes on in the Pacific. That's why we talk about La Nina and El Nino all the time, because these subtle changes in sea surface temperatures out in the tropical and North Pacific will really redirect or change the way the jet stream patterns go. And the, the, the graph I showed in the video was reservoir storage in California going back to 1970. And what you see is just feast or famine. What you see are these these droughts followed by intense, and I mean, you know, not a little more rain, <laughs> a lot more rain, and then it just goes through the same cycle again. And, and, and that's kind of what we see into the Intermountain West as well. You've got these periods where precipitation is good, and then you fall off a cliff, you have a drought, then you get out of the drought with a lot of rain and snow that comes in later. And, you know, historically those trends are there. That's why I always tell people is don't get too high when we're wet. Don't get too low when we're in a drought because we'll cycle out. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. And again, what you watch, what I watch, you can watch. It's over there on uh, Cowboy State Daily and on Don Day's YouTube page. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino. Uh, so, Frank, I was working on this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, you know, many states around the country are experimenting with drone delivery, like uh, Walmart packages and eBay and stuff no, like that. No, they're not. Yeah, no, they are. are they no, really? They, they actually are. Well, they, 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 they will land in the front lawn and just drop the thing off? Yes. So a porch pirate can figure it out on no, their I'm own? I'm sure, or? yeah. But no, they hopefully, I guess, at your home. But And this is, I know, mostly major cities, but they're experimenting with drones flying over. So if, if it's just up the road, it still may take a long time to get there if you're in, like, a big city. But, yeah, we'll just do drone delivery. But the story I have here says, but, you know, Wyoming's still not included. Now, I can think of a couple of reasons why, Frank. Wind? <laughs> Wind is a big one. <laughs> they go ahead and launch the drone, and it ends up in Nebraska. Yeah, or it doesn't move at all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why is it not going it's anywhere? Also, there are a very few places in Wyoming where it makes sense to launch a drone just to get a package across town. If you're in a major city, the traffic headaches alone, it makes sense just to get up and over all of that and drop a little package. No big deal. Right. But here in Wyoming, where, you know, just to drive it's going to take you over an hour, then your drone doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. And and, and what's the weight capacity of these drones? Exactly. Like, yeah. Are these like attack drones, as you see right. in, in war, that they can yeah. carry thousands of pounds or or maybe a set of keys that they yeah. want to deliver to I your would house. much rather just hire a guy, like they do in Alaska. Some guy flies over with a Cessna and pushes it out of the airplane with a parachute attached. <laughs> I, I think that makes a lot more sense to Wyoming than it does to some major cities out there. Hey, you know what? As long as it lands on the block, okay. I think we're good to go. Not the address, just the block.
High school basketball, the Cheyenne tournament rolls along today with, and yesterday's action, Riverton beat Cheyenne Central 63-58, Central beat Bear Creek, Colorado 61-44, Kelly Walsh over Sheridan 74-49, and Laramie, a winner over Green River 75-56, Cheyenne East beat Rock Springs 74-51, Douglas over Natrona 62-54, and Evanston beat Cheyenne South 61-45. Today in boys play in that tournament, East and Bear Creek uh, this morning, Rock Sp- at noon, Rock Springs will play in Natrona at 1.30 over at East. Douglas takes on Cheyenne Central at 7.30. Laramie plays Kelly Walsh at 7.30 over the Story Gym. The Trona at East at 7.30. Green River will travel to Cheyenne South tonight. On the girls' side of that Cheyenne tournament, Sheridan beat Kelly Walsh 41-31. Laramie got by Green River 50-43. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 55-30. Cheyenne Central a winner over Riverton 57-31. Douglas over in the Trona 63-48 and Evanston down Cheyenne South 48-37. Today in girls' playing the Trona and Rock Springs at 10.30 this morning at East. The Trona will turn around and play uh, Cheyenne East at 6 p.m. Laramie versus Kelly Walsh at 6 at the Story. Jim Douglas will be at Central and Green River will be at South. The Cheyenne tournament runs through tomorrow. In women's college hoops, the Wyoming Cowgirls a winner over New Mexico last night in Laramie, 78-69 to get to 9-5 and overall 2-1 and in Mountain West Conference play. The Cowgirls put together a 15-0 run in the first quarter and they led by as many as 17. UW shot 50% from the floor. They were led by Grace Ellis and Malene Peterson with 19 each. Cowgirls will be at Air Force on Wednesday. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team with a big challenge tomorrow in Laramie hosting San Diego State. And the Aztecs are 11-3 on the year, 2-0 in Mountain West Conference play, coming off yet another NCAA tournament appearance. Wyoming was in the NCAA tournament two last season, but it has been rough studying for this group. They sit at 5-9 overall, 0-2 in league play, following a one-point loss to nationally rated New Mexico last weekend. As a 2 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie from the Arena Auditorium, we'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. High School Wrestling, the big Shane Shadow Tournament in Douglas kicks off this morning and runs through tomorrow. The three Cheyenne schools, the two Casper schools, and Laramie will be in that deal. The Prep Nordic Ski Circuit will be on Casper Mountain today and tomorrow. And the Alpine Skiers will be in Laramie at Snowy Range today and tomorrow. That's it in sports. Okay, so skiing is back then. Well, they certainly got plenty of snow for that. Well, yes, and, and that's part of the you know the issues every year is like how much snow does a particular locale have? Yeah. So if they don't have it like over there, then we're right. going to move the race over here where there's snow. So there must have snow at Snowy Range, and they must uh, have snow on Casper. Oh, I know they have snow on Casper Mountain. Yeah, if we yeah, got 15 obviously. inches down here, yeah. they got well over 20 up there. Well, and it's part of the reason I was asking Don Day about the ebb and flow. Uh, you know, you go through periods of droughts, yeah. and then you got mm-hmm. periods where will it please stop, and then it goes back to periods of droughts again. And there doesn't seem to be any fine middle ground around areas like Wyoming. We're either getting too much or too little. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Just... Well, no, it's weather, Frank. Right. It doesn't so you... think, it just does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. And uh, so Sam Shumway from Cheyenne is going to be joining us to talk about what senior citizens need to be thinking about for this Wyoming legislative session. Also, uh, ladies, ladies' next half hour... For the Wyoming Women's Foundation about getting more women involved in voting and politics in the state of Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming continues.
about six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Friday, and I'm glad you made it. Now, normally at this point, I play the warning for you. This time, though, since I have to pick on somebody, I've got something different. I just... No, okay. Now and then, I, we have to pick on people and be a little bit mean, right? And the corporation, Town Square Media wants us all to be nice so they make me play this and you're forced to sing along all be together courteous, kind and forgiving kind and forgiving be gentle and peaceful each gentle day. peaceful sure be warm and human and, and fuzzy and have a good thing to say or don't say anything at all be thoughtful and trustful and childlike. Like a little baby. Be witty and happy and wise. Well, I don't know about the wisdom thing. Be honest and love all your neighbors. Except for that one guy, Gary, that lives Be up the road. Be purple and clairvoyant. <laughs> Be pompous, obese, and eat cactus. Well, I don't know about the obesity Be dull thing. and boring and Never omnipresent. boring on this program. Criticize things you don't That's know That's all about. I do on this program. Put a live chicken in your underwear. Paul. Put a live chicken in your underwear. All together now. Go into a closet and suck eggs. Go into a closet and suck eggs. Okay, so now that we've uh, satisfied the corporate heads over there, let's get on with the story. So we did go through, as you might have noticed, an extreme cold front in the area. I mean, damn. And it was negative numbers during the course of the day, especially, but there were negative numbers out there. Where I was got down to minus 41. Other people were like minus 25, 20. Minus something, right? And so people who own electric vehicles started having problems. Now, during just regular cold winter times, like now, temperatures are in like the 30s and 40s as a daytime high across the area. And that being said, electric vehicles don't perform as well as far as how much they can store in the batteries. But when the cold snaps get extreme, they really have a problem. And there have been several stories that have popped up out there about people with electric vehicles having problems in that extreme cold. The latest one, I think his name is Zavar Stevenson and his sister Alice, wanted to experience the joy of driving a Tesla cross-country. Fine. They rented a Tesla from Hertz outlet in Orlando, Florida, and headed out on their destination, which was Wichita, Kansas. While the Tesla performed well in Florida, they told Cowboy State Daily, things took a turn for the worse when they encountered cold weather. They had to st stop six times in one day to charge the vehicle. See, part of the problem is not just that the batteries don't do well in that extreme cold. That's part of the problem. But then charging in extreme cold is another problem. The last day of our three-day trip took about 17 hours ago, 452 miles, they said. So the story says in EV jargon, it's called range anxiety when the driver worries about running out of charge before they get towed. Their road trip came with an extended exercise in range anxiety. Their trip was at the end of December when storms and record cold frost came across the southeast. Coming out of Florida, they said, the Tesla would give the road trippers 300 miles before they had to charge. See, that's in nice temperatures by our standards as human beings. But when they encountered cold weather farther north, the range was reduced First by about 100 miles, then it got worse. 
it would get down to about 5% to 20% charge as we drove between towns. Typically, EV owners only charge their vehicles up to 80%, especially on long trips. Charging to full decreases the life of the battery. And a Tesla supercharge station can charge up to 80% in 20 minutes. Top it off with the last 20% takes much longer. So with their range estimates dropping rapidly in the cold, the brother and sister started charging their car all the way up to 100%, even if it took extra time, right? Tesla's computer was telling them that's how much they charge, how much they charge to make it to the next supercharger. He said, or the brother said, the estimation was often wrong, and they ended up sometimes getting to the next station with maybe 20% left. In other words, really work. That's like you on your gas gauge. You're wondering when the next gas station is out here in Wyoming, and you're riding like close to that red line there, empty. That's what they're doing electrically. Each time they stop, they dropped up to $30 at least. I ran a story for you guys the other day where one Tesla owner was really surprised that, you mean I have to pay for electricity? Yes, of course. Riverton resident Patrick Lawson, owner of Wild West EVs, has owned a lot of electric vehicles and driven them plenty in Wyoming in cold weather. He says it's not normal to lose that much range in cold weather. He said it's normal to lose about 20 to 30 percent when the weather's cold, but losing 50 percent suggests something else is going on. Now, that could possibly be as one of the reasons that uh, pulling on the heater, turning on the heater in your Tesla drains the battery considerably. So did they have a lot of stuff running in there? Story says, but the battery has enough charge, it can heat itself. If the battery is properly preconditioned to charging, it should charge right up. Stevenson says, this is another problem that he's pointing out. For people who want to charge their electric vehicles, if it's really cold out and the car is cold and the battery's cold and you plug it into a charger, you're going to have a tough time charging it. But if you have your vehicle in a warm place, Let's say your garage is nice and toasty, and you go to charge the batteries. It'll charge just fine. So what do you do if you left your vehicle outside? Or you're trying to drive car cross country, and it's cold, right? Hertz told Cowboy State Daily, the company makes sure its customers are properly informed on things like this that electric vehicle drivers need to know. Quote, to help customers feel confident when renting an electric vehicle, we provide a variety of information prior to pickup on how this works. There's also a, I have a quick start guide available to customers they can access uh, and a key. Oh, I, I did see a video. A guy owned an all-electric vehicle, and one of the things that they like doing on this is the locks. If I say electric locks, not quite what you're thinking. He would have to walk up to the vehicle. Some of you have this on your non-electric vehicles. As they get close to the vehicle and they have the key fob in them, it just you know opens the doors. And it wouldn't do that. But that's not specifically electric vehicles that do that. There's a lot of vehicles that have that that option that doesn't do well in cold. Quote additional employees are trained to assist customers in questions. The company continues to take feedback from this. Lawson said a number of factors, this is a guy in Wyoming, have lowered 
the range of the brother and sister. One is estimating software in the vehicle tends to be wrong. Another possibility is they had a malfunctioning car. Okay, that does happen. Considering that car was rented and not driven by the owner, likely wasn't treated as an expert Tesla owner would treat that car. Dr. Jason Bloomberg, an overnight inpatient um, hospitalist at the Cheyenne Veterans Affairs Medical Center, drove his Tesla to work the night of December 21st when the Arctic blast came in plummeting more than 40 degrees in a very short period of time. He charged up to 90% before he left for work, and it was down to 72% when he arrived. That's a lot. That He lost a lot of charge in a very short period of time. And then lost even more range during his overnight shift because he was at work and the temperatures were below zero while he was working. He uh, speculated that the young couple, their rental car was likely malfunctioning, but still... Whatever the case is, he said, it's not normal for a Tesla to use that much range in cold weather. Well, whatever the case is, that is not the only story that I have read to you guys. There's many out there, many stories that I've read of Tesla owners when they get into, and let's call it what it really is, not just cold weather, not just winter weather like it is right now, but extreme cold, and they start having problems with charge up and range. 816, Wake Up Wyoming. Your Wyoming Travel Network. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Eight twenty one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Well, Wyoming was the state that kind of started it all with the women's right to vote and first female governor. But there's a lot of work to be done even in the state of Wyoming to make sure that women are active in politics. Elected offices, of course, but in all sorts of other ways. Marissa is with me, advocacy coordinator for the Wyoming Women's Foundation. Morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Sure. What does the foundation do exactly? So the Wyoming Women's Foundation is a priority fund of the Wyoming Community Foundation. Um, our mission is to invest in the economic self-sufficiency of women and opportunities for girls in the state of Wyoming. We do this through fundraising, grant making, and advocacy mostly. Okay. And how can people find where you are so they can learn a little bit more and maybe get involved? Absolutely. Um, we have our website at wywf.org. We also have a Facebook or Instagram that we keep updated as well, so you can find information about us at either of those places. I was really interested in what I saw as legislative survival training. What is that? Yeah, so we host uh, advocacy series throughout the years to kind of, or sorry, throughout the year to, to teach and train citizens on um, how to become civically engaged and how they can impact um, women and girls in our state. So this one specifically is to prepare folks for the upcoming legislative session, which starts next week, January 10th. Um, this training is going to be the day before, and we're going to be talking about bills that have been filed that affect women and girls, the details of the legislative process, because it can get really busy, fast, murky, and then some quick tips on how to remain centered in what is usually a very stressful time. Well, also, and I hate to put it this way, but I'm a guy who follows a lot of this, can also be a very 
boring time because it, <laughs> here's a session. Let's say there's a committee meeting that you should really be interested in. This bill is important and women should be there. And dear Lord, what you have to sit through to get anything done. Is there a training session on how not to fall asleep? <laughs> you know, I wish, but we do uh, synthesize information on our website, so it's a, it'll, a little easier to access than I know the Wyoming legislature website or sitting through those committee meetings. So we actually update our power advocates and our website with all the information you need to know about the bills that we're following. So that might be a little yeah. bit easier than sitting through those meetings as yeah. well, because yes, they well, definitely can get long. I would bet a big part of that training would also be getting together to answer questions. I heard this being discussed. What exactly does it mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and bills, if you just read through the, you know, the uh, summary of the bill, they can be very confusing on its, on its face. And so what's the purpose? What's the background? And what does this mean for women? And we'll be talking about that as well. Okay. So now how often do and where do people get together to go through this training? Because people in Wyoming, you might have noticed, are kind of spread out across the state. Absolutely. Yes, we serve statewide. So these type of trainings are on over Zoom and you can just register by going to our Facebook or our Instagram. We have the link uh, in both of those places. But uh, yeah, mostly over Zoom. We have some in-person events over the summer, but it can get a little difficult to travel during the winter, which we can understand, which is why it is offered virtually. Okay. What about people who might be interested in getting involved and in starting something in their own community? You have local organizations? We do not have local organizations. We do have power advocates. So there are um, kind of our grassroots group who are civically engaged individuals. They're the people that we send out updates to. So we'll we'll sometimes convene those people over the summer. But if people want to do that on their own, that's fantastic. Um, Just reach out to me at Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A, at W-Y-C-S. Org, and we can get together and, and chat about it. I would absolutely love that. Okay. Do you have, is, is this legislative training uh, across party lines or is this partisan? Yeah. No, this is absolutely nonpartisan. We're a 501, so 501c3, so everything that we do is nonpartisan. Um, we are just focused on bills that impact women and girls and their economic self-sufficiency. So that, that crosses party lines totally. Okay. So let's define then what would be a bill that a woman should be most interested in? Absolutely. So one of the big ones that we're following this session is HB4. It's a postpartum coverage bill. Um, Currently, Medicaid drops off at 60 days postpartum. So 60 days after birth, women lose insurance at a a very, very high rate. And so what this bill would do is... um, give continuous coverage up to 12 months, so 12 or a full year after birth, women will be covered. So that's something that we're following and um, supporting this session. Okay. Uh, does the group ever advocate for certain bills or even testify? Yes, we do both. Um, a big part of what we do is we try to get community members involved um, because lawmakers want to hear from their constituents. They don't always want to hear from me, though I do, I have uh, testified and the Women's Foundation has testified. Uh, we really try to encourage our, our community members to speak up for the bills that they care about, which might not be all of the bills that we care about, but if we can give you that information and you take it to your lawmakers, that's a success in our eyes. Okay. Uh, how many, do you have a membership role or how many members do you have right now? We have around 300, but okay. we're hoping to expand this year as well. It's been growing um, since yeah. its conception, which was in 2020, I believe. Yeah, you need 
quite a bit more than that to really get, I, I think, uh, something effective going and people involved. Now, here's part of the problem. You will hear right yeah. away from people who will say, and because I hear experience this a lot, but I have a job and I have kids and there's all this time. So when do they make the time after their exhausting life? Because it is so important to pay attention to what's happening. When do they make the time? Absolutely, and I totally understand that. So we synthesize the information each week, actually, and send it out. So it's a little bit easier to read, but you're right. It does take time, and it does take effort. Um, so I would say whenever you have the time, and if you don't, I think that's totally understandable. But if people are interested and want to reach out to me um, on how to get become more involved, that's that's amazing, and that we can definitely do that. Yeah, this is going to sound completely the wrong way to put it, but you'll understand. So when it comes to some of the more hardcore issues that people are really concerned about, whatever that might be, are there support groups? Not that I know of okay. for most issues. Um, but there are, I'm sure there are coalitions that convene around certain issues. Like I know there's one for Medicaid expansion in general, right. um, pro-choice, pro-life. There's there's groups for, for anything okay. that you might be interested in. But for us, we are more uh, wide scale. Like yeah, you you're just everything. Uh, basically training people on how to get involved. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go again with how do people find you and how do they sign up? Yes. So you can find us at wywf.org. You can find our Facebook at Wyoming Women's Foundation or our Instagram at Women. Um, and all of our information should be on, on those websites. Or you can contact me at marissa at wycf.org. All right. Marissa, thanks for coming on this morning. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Coming up on some local business that we have to take. Well, you know me. I just like people getting involved in general. And, uh, well, if there's a group out there that can show you how to get involved and guide you in the right direction, then fine. This is how you get involved. Not they're not. they're Notice she didn't offer an opinion. They're not so much interested in what your opinion is. It's more like how you get involved. This is how you do it. And some people don't know the process, so that's what their organization's about. All right, coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast is right after that. Nice long segment of open phones. So 888-97 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine, I'll just roll with it. Let's wake up Wyoming. Wake up, my own. All right, phones are open. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. It's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Or use the Wake Up Wyoming app. Those are the people who've downloaded the app at their app store for free. Just you go to your app store. Wake Up Wyoming. There it is. One of the many options is you hit chat and send me text messages while I'm on air. And I'm talking to people all the time, both on air and off. Sometimes you'll hear me mention a name, and I'll answer somebody right here on the air. That's someone who sent me a text message. One of the many things you can do with the app. All right. One quick story. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail. 
Then the story I am going to get into a lot of detail on. The one that I just found that I'm not going to get into a lot of detail. Victoria's Secret brand CEO resigns less than a year after a series of woke blunders. This is what, now let's take a look at what Victoria's Secret originally was. This was back before the days of the interweb. And a guy came up with an idea for a catalog. And catalogs would arrive in people's mail at home, and nobody could see what the catalog was the way it was delivered. It's kind of like for those people who like to get Playboy or Penthouse or whatever. It was sealed in such a way that your neighbors wouldn't know what you were getting. But it was a Victoria's Secret catalog. And the idea was, here's all this sexy lingerie and underwear. And so women... And their men, even, could sit there at home and flip through and go, ooh. And the lady would order something either for herself or something that would make her man feel really great, whatever the case is. Their deal, and it was all done in private. So you might meet a very average-looking plain woman having no idea that she secretly orders this stuff because it makes her feel good or she's making someone special to her feel good by wearing this kind of stuff. And it was a huge success, massive success. Then, one day, they opened up the Victoria's Secret's retail stores. Okay, and that was also, people wonder, would that work in retail? Because what made it work so well is it was clandestine. It was just catalogs. The internet also helped them a lot. Very successful. Then Victoria's Secret's new CEO decided to go all woke. And it started to ruin everything that everybody loves about Victoria's Secret. Remember, they also had their uh, fashion show with their runway models and all of that. People loved it. But when they went all woke, they started to destroy everything that Victoria's Secret was really all about. And it just their stock is way down. Buy, try to buy Victoria's Secret stock. It's way down. Stores are being closed. It's not going well. And the new CEO who's doing this hasn't even been around a year. It just really hit the brakes on this company. People don't like it. So she's out. Now we'll see if the new person going in restores it to what made everybody happy and love Victoria's Secret for. We'll see. In other words, the same, same problem Disney and other companies are having. Keep your wokeness out of this. Just do what you do. You have a brand, it's successful, it works. Just work your brand, work your business. Keep your woke ideology out of it. And you'll stay in business and do just fine. All right, yesterday, now there's a story I have on the Wake Up Wyoming website that I talked about yesterday, and I said I was going to write this up for you guys. So our friend Judy, who's in, uh, well, technically Mills, Wyoming, near Casper, she calls and talks to me about what's happening in her town. One of the things that she complained about, she doesn't want to put these people out of business. She just wants them to locate a little further down the road. There's a company. There's a lot of scrapyards in mills. You can drop off all sorts of metal. They'll buy it from you. All sorts of scrap metal. They pay a pretty good price, too. So out of the scrapyards and mills, one of them wants to start crushing cars. Now, Judy doesn't have a problem with this. It's just where they want to crush cars. Could you do it up the road, not right here? This is not a good place. Okay, reasonable enough request, right? Then I started to think about it. 
there's a place I know in Mills, Wyoming, that has a nice flat area at the bottom, and then there's hills that kind of surround it, almost like an amphitheater. And you can go up there and place a nice park, benches, picnic tables, right? You can go ahead and set it up for barbecue. You can sell concessions. And imagine, imagine people going to this park, taking a date. Guys, imagine you meet a woman who really, really loves going to watch cars getting crushed. She's like the perfect woman at that point. If you pay a little bit extra, you can sit close and toss your beer cans toward the automobile crusher. We hire a guy who dresses like a uh, something out of medieval times. He's the executioner who shows up and reads off a list of vehicles that are going to be crushed to the cheering crowds. This would be, I mean, a major attraction in Wyoming. People would come from all over to sit up there in this park area. They would pay and buy hot dogs and beer. And just sit there all day long watching vehicles getting crushed. And I have the story up for you on the Wake Up Wyoming website. There's more than one kind of car crusher out there. There's many different ways that they crush cars. Just think, this would be as big as Disney. James is in Casper. Hi, James. How you doing today? Good, sir. What you got? Well, yesterday you played a little thing on uh, bugs in a restaurant serving bugs. Yes. And I just have people. I need to realize that that all these animals they eat bugs. Yes, they do. Yeah, They're helping them eat the bugs. Well, for that matter, since people want me to be, you know, say a, a vegan and eat nothing but vegetables, right? Well, I do. It's just that there's a step in between. The cow eats right. the vegetables, and then I eat the, the cow. cow. The pig. The Therefore, deer. I'm a vegetarian. Exactly. Yeah. See what the problem so here what, is. What's their issue with all this? You know. Yeah. Because there's an extra step in the middle. Right. They got a problem with that. I guess they do. Yeah. Well, and they worry that um, eating cows. Cows create a lot of methane and climate change. Right. Well, I don't know about you, but after if I'm sitting around people who just had a big salad, they create a lot of methane. Have you ever noticed that? I noticed that. Yeah, okay. So So if you're eating the cow, you're eliminating the methane. There you go. Okay. So I'm saving the planet by eating the cow. Exactly. I'm glad we had chicken. Yeah. You're getting rid of all the bugs. There you go. Imagine if, if we. If we eliminate chicken, how many bugs would take over the planet? So they want us to go eat the bugs. Well, I'm, there's ducks and others. I'm glad we had this talk. I am really glad we had this talk. Thanks for calling. All this cake needs is flour, eggs, and 20 grams of dead insects. No, you haven't misheard. A team of scientists at Belgium's University of Ghent are trying to find a way to substitute dairy in cakes, cookies, and waffles. They say deriving grease from insects is more green than dairy production. Um, They are more sustainable because they use less land. They are more efficient converting feed 
to wave. By soaking the insects in a little bit of water and then mushing them with a kitchen blender before centrifuges separate a butter-like substance, a grease is made which the team used to bake with. But how does it go down outside of the lab? I think you would eat insect bat cakes? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. The team say that consumers can't taste the difference when a quarter of the milk butter is replaced with the fat from the insects. But they start to notice when it gets to the halfway mark. So who knows? One day you could be munching on a cockroach croissant as you head to the office or making your nearest and dearest a beetle birthday cake. If I manage to make it through this week, I would like my street jacket to be black leather and my helmet to sparkle. Thank you. Sometimes the best way... But a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Eight forty nine is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino walk uh, is uh, waiting by. Hey, Frank, good news, Mister Hamlin from Buffalo. His eyes are open. He's breathing on his own and, and talking. talking. That's huge. Uh, amazing after a cardiac arrest thing on that Monday yeah. night football game. I mean, uh, his progress has been exponential. You know what? But he's young. You know, yeah. 24 years old, you know, but still the bounce bat like like that. I mean, That's incredible, uh, yeah. so I mean, like, you know, his, his lungs are working, his brain is working. Yep. You know, not that he's going to leave the hospital today. No. And not maybe not even the rest of this month, you know, but uh, yeah, I think everyone goes, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, close. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna make it here. Well, and, and the fact that they had to revive him twice. I think, I think just once now. Just once. I yeah, thought, I thought the, the uncle said twice, and now he went back and just said just only once. once. Okay, on, now, on the field. That was uh, it. Yeah. Have they given? Has anyone given any reason as to what happened? Are they still looking into? There's, you know, if you. And this is something I just read. It's cardio something, something. Yeah. You know, if you were to take a direct hit to your chest, okay. that could uh, interrupt the, you know, the electric. You know, part of your right. heart. You know, and and stop it. And I and I read somewhere else. I mean, the, the, the that happens probably twice for every one hundred thousand athletes. Okay. You know, just I, getting hit in the right way. In the, in the right way, and the and at the right time. Yeah. Can do that to you. Okay. That's. I that's could, see. I could have really sworn weird. after this had happened, there were a couple of other stories that bubbled up about had it had happened to other athletes, but didn't get this much attention. Well, I mean, it, there's been players that have had, um, yeah, you know, that, that have had is- heart issues. Uh, Hank Gathers, college right. basketball player, played at Loyola Marymount. He he died right on the floor. You know, okay. I mean, uh, uh, another other football players, but here. Was was a situation where I mean, in, in today's day and age, I mean, it was on live TV. Yeah, everybody I mean, saw. It. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, every a lot of people saw. It. Matter of fact, I think ESPN came out. It was the highest rated uh-huh. Monday night game they've had, and it was. Yeah, everything part, came part, to a halt. All everything right, came well, from a halt. Yeah, his eyes are open. He's talking. That's huge. yes, huge. High school basketball, the Cheyenne tournament's rolling along today. And yesterday's action, Riverton beat Cheyenne Central 63-58. Central beat uh, Bear Creek, Colorado 61-44. Kelly Walsh over Sheridan 74-49. Laramie down Green River 75-56. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 74-51. Natrona lost to Douglas 62-54. Evanston beat Cheyenne South 61-45. Today in boys play, East and Bear Creek at noon. Rock Springs will play Natrona at 1.30 over at 
Pacific East. Douglas will take on Cheyenne Central at 7.30. Larry plays Kelly Walsh at 7.30 at the Story Gym. Natrona will be at East at 7.30. And then also at that same time, Green River will be at Cheyenne South. On the girls' side from the Cheyenne tournament from yesterday, Sheridan beat Kelly Walsh 41-31. Larry got by Green River 50-43. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 55-30. Cheyenne Central over Riverton 57-31. Douglas beat Natrona 63-48. Evanston over Cheyenne South 48-37. Tonight in girls' play, or today in girls' play, Natrona and Rock Springs at 10.30 this morning at East. Natrona will turn around and play at East at Play Cheyenne East at 6 p.m. Laramie and Kelly Walsh at 6 at the Story Gym. Douglas will be at Central at at 6 o'clock. Green River will be at South at 6 o'clock. And that Cheyenne tournament runs through tomorrow. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls topped New Mexico in Laramie last night by the final score of 78-69. to So they're 9-5 and overall, 2-1 and in Mountain West Conference player. The Cowgirls put together a 15-0 run in the first quarter and led this game by as many as 17. UW shot 50% from the floor. They were led by Malene Peterson and Grace Ellis with 19 each. Cowgirls will be at Air Force on Wednesday. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team with a big, big challenge tomorrow at Laramie hosting San Diego State. The Aztecs are 11-3 and on the year, 2-0 and in Mountain West Conference play, coming off yet another NCAA tournament appearance. Wyoming was in the NCAA tournament too last season, but it's been really, really rough sledding for this group. They are 5-9 and overall, 0-2 in league play, following a one-point loss to nationally rated New Mexico last weekend. So 2 p.m. start tomorrow from the Arena Auditorium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. High School Wrestling, the Big Chain Channel Tournament in Douglas kicks off this morning and runs through tomorrow. The three Cheyenne schools, the two Casper schools in Laramie will be in that deal. The Prep Nordic Ski Circle will be on Casper Mountain today and tomorrow. The Alpine Skiers will be in Laramie at Snowy Range today and tomorrow. And Frank will be watching Douglas today. Douglas, Douglas Wrestling today. What, what time do you get there? I'm, I'm going to try to get there by noon. Yeah, noon time. Yeah, <laughs> Just okay. in time for lunch. Just know? in time. Are they serving lunch there? They always do. Yeah, they always do. Okay. <laughs> What do you so, usually I, get at the concession thing? Well, concession, no, it's called the hospitality room. Oh, 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 oh. excuse me, Frank. The hospitality room. Yeah. What do they serve there? Whatever whatever the parents make up. Okay. They bring in, they bring in all their crock pots. And they... Okay, now see, that's good. That's home-cooked stuff? Totally. you got a great job. Totally. All right, thanks, Frank. Coming up on Local Business. News time after that. Weather forecast. Open phones. 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday. Glad you made it through. Open phones. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. A lot of interesting things were discussed this week. So if you missed any of it, you really didn't. At any time, you can go to Wake Up Wyoming site. Or just download the app. Wake Up Wyoming at your app store. And not only can you see the articles that I talked about, but if you touch on demand, you can find old episodes of this program. Just select the date that you missed. And they're condensed for you to listen to. We take out news, a lot of the commercials, and so on. Condense it right down to what you need to listen to. So you can catch up on this program anytime you want. The phone in your pocket is today's radio, really. There's a lot of people who listen to the show, not just live, but later, directly off their phone. So they don't have to wait until they're in their vehicle or something like that to find a radio somewhere. You carry it with you pretty much everywhere you go. 
Warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, some of the stories you'll find on the Wake Up Wyoming site, Miss Mary will alert them out if you do have the app. So one of them, I just saw this a few minutes ago. Have you gone grocery shopping and noticed the price of eggs? Yeah, I mean, damn. I'm thinking Easter is going to be all plastic eggs this year. So, Drew, who does the mornings on the country station right up the hallway over here, Drew put together 10 items that are cheaper than eggs right now. First off, he went around and looked. In his community in Wyoming, Where? what are the price of eggs? So he went down for a dozen large grade A eggs, okay? Smith's Food and Drugs, $5.99. Walmart, $5.02. Target, $4.99. Ridley's, $5.19. Albertson's, $4.99. We haven't seen them that high in a long time. So what's cheaper? Well, let's see. A gallon of gas. Yeah, huge shock after that. Gas has dropped down to two. Actually, gas has popped back up. That recent cold snap that we had... And all of the snow that came down, that kind of put a stop to gasoline refining and deliveries. Laws of supply and demand, gas prices went up just a little bit. But all right. Wyoming State Magnet. Yeah, there's a magnet, a refrigerator magnet of the state of Wyoming. It's kind of attractive, I guess. Not really. That costs you $3.99. That's less than a gallon or than a dozen eggs right now. McDonald's Big Mac yeah, is less than a dozen eggs. You can go have lunch yeah, for less than a dozen eggs right now at McDonald's. Jumbo Cinnamon Roll at True Bakery, $4.25. Or you can spend more on a dozen eggs. Let's see. Oh, Saddle Soap. For you, for those out there who use it, saddle soap, four forty nine. But again, a dozen eggs is more. Now I've never understood this to buy a bag of what they call fun size Snicker bars, four eighty eight at Walmart. But hang on, I've always objected to them calling it fun size. Those are those little Halloween candies that people give away. Well, during Halloween, those little candies. You know, and they say that's fun size. There's nothing fun about that. Okay, that's not fun. Give me six of those. Now I'm having fun. But one of those little ones, that isn't fun. Sloan's General Store koozie for your can, uh, beer can or whatever. That's actually, yeah, you bet. Starbucks hot chocolate. Well, now, come on now. Now, it depends on what it is. Uh, average cost is four twenty-five. So a dozen eggs is actually more than that. It's hard to get more expensive than Starbucks. Wyoming Bucking Horse Vinyl Decal for your car. You can get that. Oh, and Buttermilk Ranch 
popcorn. And that's uh, four fifty per bag. Hmm. Okay, I, I thought that was a pretty good story he put together. If you thought if you thought the price of eggs was that expensive, the one that just annoys me is the gallon of gasoline. Now, for those who joined me earlier this morning, you heard this. Pardon me while I repeat myself for everybody who just joined. So out there, there's a news organization which I used to like, but they annoyed me this morning. They put out a couple of lame studies. Lame study number one, they're blaming Wyoming for gun smuggling in the United States. Yeah, I'm not kidding. At first, they said, well, they went to other states around the country that have all sorts of problems with gun violence. Places like Chicago and New York and Los Angeles and places like that, right? And then they take a look at states like Wyoming where we have very few regulations on guns. And here's what they said. In most of the country, gun control laws are lax. The result in patchwork of regulations help create a thriving black market for gun trafficking. According to 2021 data... Guns in Wyoming were sold by out-of-state retailers, about the 10th largest share in the country. But hold on a second now. Let's go back to that first sentence here. In most of the country, gun control laws are lax. The resulting patchwork of regulations helps create a thriving black market. No, that's not what creates a thriving black market. Let me tell you what does. I've used this example before. This is the perfect opportunity to use it again. Go to New York City. Let's talk cigarettes for a minute. New York City's cigarettes are the most regulated and the most taxed in the nation, making them very expensive and very hard to get. Now, if you would like to have cigarettes that are completely unregulated and untaxed and easy to get, go to New York City because the black market is thriving. The excess rules and regulations and high taxation created the black market. And it's the same with guns. Those states and those cities that have high gun regulations also have some of the worst, well, Chicago, for example. It's a war zone. But they have all these high regulations and taxes. They've pushed the market underground. Now, to further prove that point, earlier this morning when I talked about it, I I brought us to the U.K. In the United Kingdom, they made it almost impossible to buy a gun. Guns are pretty much just outlawed. The regulations are so incredibly high. The taxes are so incredibly high. And it's just flat-out illegal to own most guns. And they were able to get guns out of the hands of most citizens and out of most homes. So you think the murder rate would have gone down, but it went up. People started stabbing each other. Yeah. Murder by knife is at an all-time high in the UK and has been for quite a while. Proving once again, it's not the tool that the murderer uses. It's the fact that the murderer wants to commit murder. That's what you have to deal with. To blame states like Wyoming, well, we wouldn't have all of this underground gun stuff going on if it wasn't for states like Wyoming. No, you're not solving the real problem. Your taxation and regulations create a black market, and you're still not solving the real problem. You keep trying to solve the murder rate by going after guns, 
But if, as the U.K. proves and other places around the world, you get rid of the guns, your murder rate doesn't necessarily go down. you got to actually address what the real problem is. Don't blame Wyoming because you have a bootleg economy in your state. 915, Wake Up Wyoming. At the top and bottom of every hour, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine twenty one's the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Hey, Laramie, you're up. This was another lame study. Same news organization I talked about a little while ago. That just flat out, I, I like them, but then suddenly they disappointed me with garbage like this. They wanted to do a let's put it in air quotes study to take a look at what is the poorest community in each state. Now, to do this, to be fair to them. You can probably think of a lot of really poor communities in our state, but they just wanted to take a certain metric. It has to have a population of 25,000 and up in Wyoming. All right. So any place, 25,000 people and up. Who's the poorest? And they said, Laramie. City of Laramie. Hang on a second. They took a look at how much typically people make. The average income in Laramie... For a household, 47463 compared to statewide, $65,304 a year. But And then they took a look at what housing costs. Hang on. These are people who just look at a few basic numbers, but they didn't take into consideration anything about Laramie. The people doing the study never went to Laramie to take a look. They never picked up the phone and maybe called City Hall and talked to somebody, whatever. Talk to the Chamber of Commerce, for God's sakes. Instead, they just looked at a couple of numbers. Let's try this for a minute. Laramie has a large student population. I mean, University of Wyoming, duh, right? Students tend to not make a lot of money because most of their work is in the classroom, and so they have a part-time job after work. So if you take a look at – they're considered residents, but if you take a look at their income, they're not making a lot. You consider them poverty level, right? Yet a lot of them have loans and a lot of them have money being sent to them by mom and dad to help them out, paying rent and whatever, whatever else it might be. So are they okay? Well, they're fine, yeah. So you have to take that in consideration that they're not poor by any standards, in fact, for that matter, people in Laramie, a household where they're, the income, this is not individuals, a household, 47,600, I'm sorry, 47,463 average per year. Well, that sounds really poor. Hang on. You got to put that into context, too. I know people who, own, who earn a six-figured income. Sounds impressive. Then you take a look at where they live and it costs every bit of that to live there. So you might think, well, six-figure income, they're not poor. Well, how much is left over when they're done paying for everything? Well, they're poor where they live. If they could take that same money and live in a state like Wyoming, where the cost of living is so much lower, we don't even have a state income tax, then now they have a lot of money. It depends on where you live. So to say, well... 
Here's people making like $47,000 a year. Yeah, but how much does it cost to live there? In other words, there's a lot of variables here, right? And the point of the story that I wrote up this morning, which you can find the details, if you want to see the numbers and the details of this, go to the Wake Up Wyoming website. Miss Mary will alert this story out as well. As I went through some of the details about, once again, it is a lame study. This is as bad as WalletHub. And you've heard me pick on WalletHub a lot over the years. WalletHub does the same kind of thing. This organization called Center Square, which up to now I've always enjoyed them as a news organization. I, I'm going to have to go back and take a look. Did the same person do this story and the gun story? Because it's really lazy. They decide to go up and, and write up, well, this is the poorest community in Wyoming. Well, what, what is your definition of poor here? Or they just make the least amount of money. But they make the least amount of money, however it costs how much to live there. And then what's their situation? Are they a college student getting help from home? Let's not forget, if we go to some, there are certain states, Arizona is one, Florida is another, states where people go to retire. And you might look at the retiree and think, well, they must be poor because they don't make any income. No, they don't make any income. They have enough to retire on. So they don't need to make any more money because they have enough to retire on. Is that considered poverty at that point? By the way, this, this group is doing the story. Yes, it would be considered poverty at the time. But my main complaint is this. If someone wants to write up a story like this, fine. What community from 25,000 people in the community up, out of the, all of those cities in Wyoming, which one is the poorest? Well, first, let's get a proper definition of what you consider to be poor or just low income. Not poor, but just lower income. How about that? Then, after you've gathered the numbers together, how about actually do some real research into the community? I know if some guy who's writing up this story, he's not going to get the boss to approve him going to all these communities in every 50 states. He's going to have to do it from his desk. There's no way he's going to get the, the, yeah, the, the money from his company to go travel across the United States and look all this up. So he's going to have to do it from his desk. But he still has email and a phone. And maybe after he's gathered his list of communities, he might just actually want to contact these communities and talk to someone who actually lives there. Again, especially if you want to talk to someone at City Hall, your Chamber of Commerce, something like that. And then you can actually get real information as to why do people make this much money? What is their What are their circumstances? Then you can put a decent study together. In most cases, internet, let's put them in air quotes, studies like this, are done by people who think to a certain level and then stop and never bother to do the rest of the research. They never email anyone. They never pick up the phone. They never ask any questions. They grab a couple of data points and then they draw a conclusion from it. And then we're supposed to believe this as an actual study. Most internet studies are not studies at all. They're garbage. And most media outlets will just go ahead and regurgitate what I just read to you here 
well, Laramie's the poorest, without ever doing any research of their own because most reporters are lazy. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. So it gets regurgitated all over the country without anyone ever stopping to correct. Coming up on 9.30, local news coming your way, right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again with a nice long segment of open phones. Let's wake up Wyoming. the time. Wake up, Wyoming. You're not going to believe these next few stories, which is why I saved them for last, because they're just a great way to spend the last few moments of this program for the week over here. First headline, world's first robot lawyer will be defending a human in court next month. How is that robot a chasing ambulances? I want to know. But okay, world's first robot lawyer defending a human in court last night. Okay. In February, artificial intelligence developed a do not pay will advise defendant during an entire court case, likely making it the first ever to defend be defended by an AI. The AI will run on a smartphone listening to the proceedings of the courtroom before instructing the defendant on what to say. Instructions of the court and name of the defendant are being kept under wraps at the moment. In case the AI loses the case, do not pay, has agreed to cover all the fines. Okay, this is actually an app experiment. Believe it or not, this is an app experiment. Yeah, you're going to court for something really basic. This is not you've been charged with murder. It's not that kind of a thing. This is something really basic. You're going to court, and you can't really afford a lawyer. So you download this app, and then the app listens to the conversation in the courtroom and tells you how to respond based on the laws and so on at the time. Interesting. I want to follow that story to find out how it turns out. That's just amazing. Next one. Now, there's sometimes you just come across crazy. There are certain people out there, you've met them, that just live in a world of delusion, just delusional thinking. They think they're the smart ones. They think they're honest and good and just and so on. And yet they don't understand how crazy they are. I've had people like that in my life, but no more. Got rid of them. In Portland, Oregon, man chews off another man's face, believing he was a killer robot. Ah, oh. wonder if that guy would go for a robot artificial intelligent lawyer. Now, the story starts, of course, with this sentence, with these two words. Florida man, see, it's a Florida, it has to be a Florida man. I swear Florida was not like that when I grew up there. Florida man gets all the attention, but I'm pretty sure Portland is running uh, close when it comes to news about people doing very strange things. Early Wednesday morning, police responded to a call for assistance 
from a, well, it talks about where in Portland. All right. When they arrived, they found the suspect still attacking the victim. 911 dispatch early Tuesday morning said half the guy's face appears to be chewed off. Officers arrested the man who had, and say uh, he reported a response. He didn't respond when police told him to stop. No, he was in a rage. I wonder if his mouth was foaming. Anyway, when asked what he was doing, that guy's a killer robot, and so therefore I was trying to stop him. You you might ask the question right away, what kind of drugs was he on? Whatever the case is. Sometimes it's drugs. Sometimes there's people who just live in a world of delusion. I mean, complete and utter what-the-hell kind of delusion. That's a new level of crazy I haven't seen before. This one, I, see, I'll see if I can get to this Monday, because we're not going to have time to really take a look at this story. Many of you might, truck drivers, you've already known about this. California bans 70,000 tractor trailers amid the supply chain crisis. The final rule is set for these regulations, adopted 15 years ago, takes effect this week, banning some 70,000 big rigs from California roads. Clean air regulations implemented back in 2008. So certain trucks that were built at a certain time are not allowed on California roads anymore. That takes about 70,000 trucks out of play. They're not allowed in California. Now, truck drivers, of course, looking at the, I Every time I talk about something trucking related, I always start getting, I always get notes from truck drivers complaining about California, and it's been bad for decades. I, basically, they're trying to shut down the entire state. Really, they are. And they're doing a wonderful job of it. So now, what do they expect to do? How exactly are they going to handle this when they can't get things in and out? This further crushes their economy. We've used California ports, and Oregon and Washington State are not too much better. So the West Coast ports have always been very important to us. I'm thinking even though it's a longer way to go, Texas ports are about to get really busy. I mean, seriously busy. Yeah, I know they got to go through the Panama Canal and so on. But Texas ports are about to get really busy. And maybe even some Mexican ports land the stuff there, then bring it up through highways that go around California. That's probably going to happen, too. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. He's happy to take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. It's the time. Let's wake up my homie off. We go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank. Um, it did. Oh, you didn't put up a Christmas tree though, did you? No, I. I, I not only have I put up a Christmas oh, tree, right. it's, never, been, it's been up all year. Never took it down. How does your cat handle that? It, cat just hangs out. Oh, okay. So, so my Christmas tree has been up for about twenty years. No, oh. I'd say about fifteen months. Okay, so. After a while, the cat gets bored with it then. Okay. Yeah, they don't care. I have a video that I see every single year, and it's always fun to watch. So there's this guy. <clears throat> he's got a couple of dogs. They're German Shepherds. 
And what he wants to do is take his Christmas tree, I'm watching this right now, out back, and he's going to throw it over this chain link fence into the woods, okay. which he does every year. Yeah. But the German shepherds think that this is a game. So they're bringing the tree back. Yeah, they, they grab the bottom of the tree, <laughs> and he's trying to get the tree away from them so he could throw it over the fence. And the dogs just <laughs> keep grabbing the tree and dragging him back toward the house. <laughs> dogs so, rule the world. Yes, they absolutely do, yeah. But every single year, this guy has this problem with the dogs, and he keeps trying to explain to the dogs, just let me throw it out. And they always, they know when he's trying to leave with the tree. Oh, yeah. And then he's not allowed to leave with the tree. So it becomes... Oh, it's two dogs. Game, yeah, two dogs. Two German oh, shepherds. Oh, well, that's... that's it becomes it, a yeah. massive game of tug of war. That's a double team. <laughs> yes, as he tries to bring the tree out of the house. When he finally does get it away from them and throws it over the chain link fence, now the dogs are really mad. Oh. Well, you took the toy away. Yeah. You were supposed to continue playing tug of war. With the tree. Yeah. Now, my sister does this, and a few other people I know, uh, Fire Pit Paul and Cheyenne, they take their Christmas tree into the backyard and torch it. Oh, yeah. And uh, the flames are amazing. Yeah. Oh, it goes up in just a couple of seconds. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, why the hell did you ever have that thing in your house? <laughs> well, but it, was, it was, but it was watered then. Yeah, sure. Now it's yeah. all dry and yeah. just goes poof. Just poof, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty fast, too. I mean, it's really fast. But, yeah, I know quite a few people who like to take their trees out into the backyard and have a uh, little ceremony, if yeah. you will. It usually draw, uh, involves some old druid rituals yeah, or like, something. Yeah, like a funeral pyre or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then they light the thing on fire and just poof, the thing is gone. You better stand back when someone goes ahead and lights that thing because oh, while it yeah. is a flash, it is a very hot flash. Very I know many women in their late 40s who can tell you all about that. I just, oh, boy. Yeah. You said that, don't I? <laughs> Women's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowgirls topped New Mexico in Laramie last night, 78-69, to get to 9-5 and overall, 2-1 and in Mountain West Conference blame. Cowgirls put together a 15-0 run in the first quarter and led this game by as many as 17. UW shot 50% from the floor. They were led by Marlene Peterson and Grace Ellis with 19 each. Cowgirls will be at the Air Force on Wednesday. The Wyoming Cowboy basketball team has a big challenge tomorrow in Laramie. Hosting San Diego State, the Aztecs are 11 and 3 on the year, 2 and 0 in Mountain West Conference play. Coming off yet another NCAA tournament appearance, Wyoming was in the NCAA tournament too, but it's been rough sledding for this group. They are 5 and 9 overall, 0 and 2 in league play, following a one point loss to nationally rated New Mexico last weekend. And the Cowboys are certainly beset by a number of injuries heading into this game. And it's a 2 p.m. start tomorrow from the Arena Auditorium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. High school basketball. The Cheyenne Big Tournament is uh, moving along today. In yesterday's action for the boys, Riverton beat Cheyenne Central 63-58. Central also the Central came back to beat Bear Creek, Colorado 61-44. Kelly Walsh beat Sheridan 74-49. Laramie down Green River 75-56. Cheyenne East over Rock Springs 74-51. Douglas beat Natrona 62-54. And Evanston over Cheyenne South 61-45. Today in boys play in this tournament, East and Bear Creek at noon. Rock Springs will play in the Trona at 1.30 at East. Douglas takes on Cheyenne Central at 7.30. Larry plays Kelly Walsh at 7.30 at 
story. Natrona at East at 7.30, and then Green River will be at Cheyenne South at that same time. On the girls' side from the Cheyenne tournament from yesterday, Sheridan beat Kelly Walsh 41-31, Laramie over Green River 50-43, Cheyenne East defeated Rock Springs 55-30, Cheyenne Central beat Riverton 57-31, Douglas a winner over Natrona 63-48, and Evanston down Cheyenne South 48-37. Today in girls' play, Natrona and Rock Springs at 10.30 this morning at East, then Natrona will turn around and play at Cheyenne East at 6 p.m. Laramie versus Kelly Walsh at 6 at the story. Jim Douglas will be at Central tonight at 6, Green River at South at 6, and that Cheyenne tournament will run through tomorrow. High School Wrestling, the Big Shane Channel, the tournament in Douglas kicking off this morning, and that will run through tomorrow. The three Cheyenne schools, the two Casper schools, and Laramie will be in that deal. The Prep Nordic Ski Circuit will be on Casper Mountain today and tomorrow. The Alpine Skiers in Laramie at Snowy Range also today and tomorrow. That's it in sports. Safe travels. I'm going to have to have a little bit of a talk with Greg here. I sent him a note. I had really got into detail explaining something which I thought was rather amusing on the air. And he sends me a note on the Wake Up Wyoming app where he uses logic to disprove what I said. What? Now, there's times, Greg, that we're going for the joke. (laughs) So... You don't try to use logic and explain why the joke doesn't make sense. Would I be right about that, Frank? Right, because jokes don't make sense. Y- they're not really And they're not designed to make you sense. Just kind of roll with it. Yes. You, you don't go back and say, well, logically, it does, it doesn't make sense. Of course not. It's That's a why joke. It's funny, Greg. All it's right. a joke. Glad we had this little talk. Hey, Frank, have a great week. <laughs> you too. All right, coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. Have a great weekend. Wake up, Wyoming.